You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. All right. Y'all ready? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome to another Behind the Message with Jason. And Chris. And Jason. It's 2024. Um, this feel, it does feel weird to be back doing this. How long ago? Before Christmas. Many moons. Many moons ago. It does feel, uh, feel like it's been a long time. But since we haven't recorded since Christmas and New Year, the obvious question to kick us off is what was your favorite memory of Christmas and New Year? That can be, you don't have to have two memories. Yep. If you do, that's fine. But the way you said that, you've got two memories. I do have two that's memories. That's okay. All right. Favorite memory of Christmas and New Year, 2023. Chris, you got a long answer. Go for it. It's not long. Um, <laughs> no, for Christmas, I mean, um, just being blessed with another uh, Christmas get-together at my grandma's house. There you go. Um, it's always good people, good food, um, good time hanging out and opening gifts. And actually, since we had our candlelight service during regular service, I got to go um, Christmas Eve night to her church with her for their See? Christmas Eve the, candlelight. The perks of not doing it this year. Yeah. So. And then, so that was Christmas. So then from New Year's, um, I spent it with my kids. They were both home. We, uh, we just hung out. Uh, watched some movies and ate some pizza. Watched the ball drop? We did watch the ball. I had to, Connor was playing Fortnite and Alex had fallen asleep, so I had to wrangle wake him up and wrangle them all in. But yeah, we did watch That's the funny. ball drop. I, I joked with Chris like every year, like if you want an updated picture on Facebook of Chris, you got to wait till he goes to his grandmother's house for Christmas and someone will take a picture of him. I saw one. They're on there. I know. I I was going to, I forgot the message. Like, hey, there's our updated Facebook picture. So, all right, Baker, how about you? Uh, New Year's Eve, uh, we had some friends text us that we used to spend a lot of New Year's Eve um, with. And so we went over to their house and hung out. It had been, I don't know, probably a couple of years since Mm we had actually seen them in person, even though they just live in Johnson City, so... It was good, catching good. up. Did you do anything on Christmas? Hung out. Stay home. <laughs> I had COVID, like, right oh, before yeah. Christmas, so... Oh, well, let me also say, you you watched, this season, you watched It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, no. And wanted to get on Facebook and tell everyone how much you didn't like that movie. <laughs> which is... Shocking. I know. Neither one of us. We were like, okay, we watched it. We really don't feel like we need to put that on our annual you know what I, list to watch. Okay, I well, whether you like it or not, I feel like it doesn't help when you've had like hype. It's been hyped up probably your whole life, and then yeah. you watch it, and you're like, okay, I don't know what was so. Oh yeah, there was like there was one part. This guy calls somebody something. Green's like, what is that? And I'm like, that's a racial slur. Oh, <laughs> so, well, I don't know. You know. I don't remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like to say that into the mic? What word? No, I'm just joking. No. Let's start 2024 off by being canceled. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I told you that the black and white of 
Miracle on 34th yeah, Street is good. We didn't watch that. We we tried It's a Wonderful Life. It's like, all right, you know, we can check that box. Yeah. And By the on. way, I won't go into my rant of my movie theater experience, but the new Wonka movie was really good. We saw that on Christmas Day. So hmm. I would rec- highly recommend it. It's a musical, just so you know, going into that. But I don't know. I just had low... the. Trailers looked terrible. I had low expectations. And I was like, oh, that was a really good, fun movie. So, well, good. I, as I've complained a lot, I was sick for all of Kentucky Christmas. And um, I think the fav- my favorite part of that all, Christmas Eve, we were back here doing well. And we went to, like, the Shadrack Christmas lights in Johnson City. And it was like... 60 degrees at night so we're watching the christmas lights with the windows down which was cool this year thanks global warming um this has been a fun 2024 we talked about racism global warming um we haven't gotten to the other questions we haven't got to any of the questions yet and uh so that christmas eve night because i i didn't want it this gift to be overshadowed on christmas day but i gave them each their like a wrapped um, their NIV adventure Bible mm-hmm. and I wrote them a little individual card and they like read it and said thanks and gave me a hug and I was like alright well that feels good I was worried they would read it and be like alright can we open anything else you know <laughs> so that was my con- I didn't want to do it Christmas morning because it just would have been overshadowed by anything else so that was a good little little moment but alright Let's get things going with this new series, Faithfully Supplied, four-week giving series from Philippians 4, 10 through 20. This is when uh, we're at record high attendance on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, first main question for you, Jason yes. Payne. Um, why is it important to remember that we have a soul? I think we certainly often see people just as a number or a name on a screen. Um, or I, I, I've given this example a lot. Sometimes I go to Walmart and I don't, I don't have a lot of soul thoughts in Walmart. You just see these people and, you know, sometimes you see a lot of people you know. And then other times you're like, why are all these people wearing pajamas? And why are these people being so rude? Like, I'm not, I'm not really seeing what's what's present even in a place like Walmart. And when I stop and think that every person is an eternal person, well, that changes things for me. Uh, that, that each person has a soul, not to steal some of your thunder, Baker, but that will be glorified or a soul that will be destroyed in hell. Um, that, that should raise the stakes. I also think, I didn't mention this Sunday, but... I don't think I did, but on a personal level, it should remind us that there's more to life than just this, like that that you can gain it all, you can have the best year yet, 2024, um, and still lose everything. So Matthew 16, 26 says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Um, and I think maybe C.S. Lewis puts it in a better way. I should have quoted this on Sunday because this was really helpful. You don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. I thought that was 
good to think through. All right. All that being said, what happens to our soul when we die? Uh, just a few verses. Second uh, Corinthians five eight. Paul says, "Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord." Um, you know, like what kind of what you were saying. All of us, when we die, our souls will depart from our bodies. Um, but you know, specifically speaking for believers, we will be at home with the Lord. Uh, Philippians one twenty three. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. So once again, departing from this life, from our bodies, to be with Christ. Uh, John three thirty six. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains upon him. So, you know, once again, believers, we have eternal life. We are with the Son for eternity. Uh, those that do not, um, the wrath of God of for their sin remains upon them. You know, Revelation, the great white throne judgment, um, death and Hades will produce all people. We will all be judged for our works uh, based upon if our name is in the book of life. If it is, we're with Christ. If not, we are cast into the lake of fire for eternity. Do you so. think when it says the soul is destroyed? I do not believe, I believe it's eternal. Okay. I don't believe that like you poof, you burn up and that's it. Yeah. I, I, I think... You think that I don't know that there's enough evidence the to back soul that. means it's just destroy any hope for that soul. It could be. It, you know, I mean, I think you know a lot of people believe hell is the absence of God. It's not because His wrath is there, so God right. is there pouring His wrath. But at that point, you know, the grace and mercy that everybody experiences in this life that is gone. Yeah. You know, that they will be in a place to where that no longer exists and they no longer benefit from that. Yeah. That's good. I guess I won't get too much into that because we've got plenty of other things to talk about. <laughs> All right. Well, we started Philippians 4, really just focusing on verse 10. Uh, but before we get into that, Chris, how was this church in Philippi even formed? Let's see. Uh, Philippi was the first church that Paul founded in Europe during his second missionary journey around A.D. 50 or 51. Um, Paul traveled to Philippi accompanied by Silas, Timothy, and Luke. Um, Paul's custom was to go normally to the synagogue whenever he arrived in a new city, but Philippi apparently there was no synagogue, so he went to the river where he knew that the Jews would be worshiping. Um, Philippi's first convert was a woman, uh, she was a seller of purple goods named Lydia. And um, as you mentioned uh, during the sermon, women continue to play a, par- a prominent role in the Philippian church. Um, but that whole story, the founding of the church, can be found in Acts 16, uh, 6 through 40. Yep. Anybody's interested in reading that themselves? It's really good. Not to, um, I don't know where you can find it anymore, but Matt Chandler did that study on Philippians, like the whole book. It's really good. It was on Right Now Media, um, but it just goes through the birth of the church in Philippi and then walks through it. It was it's really it's a really good study. Um, but all right, anyways, 
Uh, Baker, why were people in, or why were, why was Paul and the church so close? Uh, Philippians four fifteen through sixteen, and you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me to help. You sent me help for my needs once and again. So, you know, they have a history with Paul. You know, even basically at the beginning of his mission, they were the only ones that were willing to come along, support him, support the mission of the gospel. So they invested their resources, they prayer, their prayer and support when no one else would. Um, you know, they saw the value of spreading the gospel, and so that brought them closer together. Yep, they were united in the gospel, together for the gospel. That's not a conference anymore. So, all right, what should we care about? Is um, when you read at verse verse ten, there's a lot of concern um, that Paul has for the church, and the church has for Paul. So, what should we care about? Uh, the first thing that we looked at is we should care about the persecuted. Speaking of persecution, how was Paul being persecuted? All right. Well, the obvious one is he was in jail. He's in prison. Um, I showed a picture of that on Sunday of a, the I, I forgot the name of that, but um, a possible prison that Paul might have been in. Uh, but at least it gives a picture of that. So he's any anywhere from in chains in prison to house arrest. Um, but I'll read some of what I read Sunday. This is Second Corinthians eleven, starting in verse twenty-eight. It says, and apart from the other things, there is this daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak? And am I not weak? Who is made to fall? Am I not indignant? If I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under the king, mm, Artis? I don't know. I should probably know how to say that. Um, <laughs> uh, was guarding the city of Damas Damascus in order to seize me, but I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped his hands. So there is suffering of all kinds of ministry. Paul is not sharing his persecution to glory in himself, uh, but to glorify his weaknesses so that Christ would be glorified. And I think like I, I've, that's probably a, a miss, something we've read quickly over at times, but I think like this poor guy is literally being lowered down in a basket through the window. And I've, I read that and I had something like, how demoralizing would that feel as a grown man sitting in this basket and they're like just trying to get you down safely i just the things we don't think about at times like we view persecution at least in america we we view persecution as an opportunity to to hold our ground to fight back to show everyone how right we are that does not mean we need to step back from holding to the truth or saying what needs to be said but, but what does the Bible say about persecution? How, do, how does Paul handle those things? Well, he took that persecution as an opportunity 
to boast in Christ. How much do you see that? Like I, I mean, there's there's some preachers out there that are hyped up on this American persecution thing, and I don't hear them saying, "Guys, isn't this great? We have an opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus." They're like, "No, we're gonna we're gonna overthrow our government." And you're like, "Whoa, I don't. That's not what the Bible would tell you to do." So, all right. Well, there's that. Um, <laughs> are we promised persecution, Baker? Uh, yes. Second Timothy three twelve. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Um, John fifteen twenty. Remember the word that I said to you: a servant is no not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. Uh, Philippians 1, 29 through 30. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Mm-hmm. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had and now hear that I still have. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I definitely think so. But I also think, going back to 2 Timothy three twelve, you know, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. And so... Not necessarily all churches, because I think there's a great deal of people that consider themselves Christians that aren't seeking to live a godly life. Right. So they may not have any troubles. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess you could also say, like, part of the promise of persecution isn't the promise of comparison. Yeah. Like, this is just because you're in America and you're struggling as a follower of Christ, and there's some level of suffering, doesn't mean that that's not persecution. Um, even what I had mentioned on Sunday, it's just making sure that we're aware of, like, things are far worse for other brothers and sisters in Christ today. Um, so with that being said, Fortner, how can we care about believers around the world that are that are faced with that mm-hmm. that serious level of persecution this is not an exhaustive list by okay. any means so all right this is just some things that i've thought of or came up with um number one super easy anybody can do you can pray for them yeah um probably should not be a backup should be a go-to yeah. first thing uh, pray for them uh you can um raise awareness for for them um Educate yourself and educate others about the persecuted. Um, you can support them financially. Uh, if you know someone personally, or uh, you can do some vetting and look up a group that uh, is aware of the situation and helping out. You can support them financially. Um, look for opportunities to provide practical assistance, uh, such as supporting the rebuilding of churches or um, helping displaced Christian communities. Um, you can also uh, stay up to date on current events and developments related uh, to religious persecution that are affecting Christians. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all yeah, I have. So, I mean, I, I, certainly prayer is the, the first response, but yeah. just being aware that this is happening. It, ex- it uh, is in existence, yes. Yeah. Good. All right, so what should we care about? Well, we should care about the physical needs. Trick question. Trick question, Jason. Did Paul have any physical needs? I am going to say yes. Yeah. Good, because I am too on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> um, although he has 
learned how to be content. Well, I'm going to bring it's ironic. <laughs> he says it for a reason, but verse 11, are you going to read verse 11? No, I just okay, so I just for, put that we know from Philippians 4, 10 through 20 that they funded his ministry. Yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. He, he says in verse 11, not that I'm speaking of being in need. And you're like, we know, I know what you're doing here, Paul. Yeah, obviously there's <laughs> needs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Philippians, the Philippian church, you know, part of that funding was for his needs. Acts 18 verses 2 through 3 informs us Paul met up with Aquila and Priscilla mm-hmm. and Corinth and worked with them as a tent maker to make a living. First Thessalonians 2, 9, he says, Remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. So, I mean, he, he worked basically side jobs in order to supply his basic physical needs while he was ministering. So. Yeah. Yeah. So should everyone be bivocational? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think I'm going to open that can of worms on Sunday, but there, there's tension in the text too. I mean, Paul's a church planner. He's not a local yeah. church pastor. I think there is assumption there in the text that... He's more of a missionary. Yeah, the local church is supplying the for, for the needs of leadership. And Paul explicitly says, like, I have every right to ask this of you, but I'm not. And I think he's choosing not to... For various reasons, and one of them is he's a church planner. So, regardless, all right. Um, oh, yeah. Right, for you, me. Um, Jason, what physical needs does the local church have? All right. If you were to look at the 2024 budget that we sent out, you can see all the obvious physical needs. There it is. You want to know what's the physical needs of this church? Look at the 2024 budget. There's needs to resource ministries. Uh, take care of the property, pay bills, supply salaries. These are all obvious needs with real numbers or at least hopeful numbers in that budget that we give out every year. So that's obvious. The not so obvious ones is certainly there's care for the needs of of widows and widowers and um I think Jason Baker, you would agree. Like, there's people with chronic chronic illnesses that have needs that, like, sometimes all of these things fly under the radar. So actually, someone asked me today, um, like, do we know of? Does the church know of needs that people have, like help in their house or yard? And if we hear those, what do we do with them? They asked that because someone wants to help but they don't know the need and i'm like yeah good luck i mean some of that can happen organically if you're connected hopefully in a small group or a community some sort of community of believers you share your needs with them but we've had a difficult time as a church trying to find the needs of of some of the people in our church that for whatever reason won't share that so I would, if anyone, if any of them are actually listening, I would encourage, like, if you have a need, share it, because we got plenty of people that would love to help you. Mm-hmm. But um, as that, per, the person asked that question because it was told to them, like, I can't, we can't help them if we don't know. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. So, um, anything else? Here's, a, here's two other ones. 
to just be in our brain. We, we always have physical needs uh, for people like to be visited. There's people, there's some homebound people in our church or people that can't come as often as they can. And me and the elders and uh, other people in our church do the best we can, but, you know, it could easily be a month or more in that space between. Um, so the other one, you can back me up on this. We have physical needs of transportation in our church. Not everyone has reliable transportation or not everyone can drive. And so there's plenty of opportunities if you need someone needs a ride to a church event or church, someone needs a ride to an appointment. Those come up quite a bit. So yeah. you want to talk about how do how do I meet the physical needs of this church? Well, if you've got a vehicle and some gas and you're free, you can give someone a ride. All right, Chris, <laughs> this is fun. Is everyone required to financially give to the local church? No. Boo. <laughs> I guess my kids won't eat as much. No, I mean if you are if you are not in a place financially to give, yeah, then no. If right. you simply do not have any extra funds outside of taking care of your immediate needs, then I would say, right, no, right, right. But other than that, no. <laughs> I think there is a call to, for every believer to give. Yeah. But the no part is we would never, I would never, and I said it Sunday, but right. to give an example, I would never ask, like, let's just say we have a widow in a church, and she's like, well, I could give to the church or pay rent. And we're like, well, give it to the church because then God will bless you. And we're like, all right, well, what are we going to do with the homeless widow now? <laughs> like, And I'm not saying God can't bless when we sacrificially give. I think there's a thousand stories to prove that. Um, but I guess for me, it would be a yes, no. Every believer isn't maybe not required. That's not, we're not under the law, but should financially give. And there's certain plenty of situations where they, they can't, right? They can't, they can't. And no, we shouldn't, we're not judging any of them for that. So unless they're blowing all their money, which we'll talk about. So, oh boy, that's the next question. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's for you. Um, how can a budget help you become more financially generous? All right. Lock in. Here we go. Um, you only know what you know. Uh, so if you have no idea what money is coming in and what money is going out, you have no idea what the real cost of living month to month is. You just don't know. Um so I'll put it like this. I think this could be helpful because it doesn't matter if you've got, if you're a millionaire or you're struggling. Um, to be a good steward of what God has given us, because that's not your money. It's not my money. It's God. God owns all of that, and we're managers of that. So if you believe that, um, then we should give every dollar a purpose as best we can. So even if that purpose is I'm giving that dollar to vacation or to go do something fun, it still should have a purpose as a, as an, a manager. And budgeting software just helps people see that. I mean, some people use Excel sheets or like an old, I don't know, just a notebook or something. <laughs> like, And some people are a little more tech savvy or whatever, and budgeting software is helpful. It's helped me. Um, I've shared 
like I've used Ramsey Plus for two or three years, and then uh, now I'm using YNAB. You need a budget, and and I'll kind of promote that now because I I feel like I'm I started a new diet and I'm it's like my new diet fad and I'm excited to tell everyone <laughs> that it's working. Um, but YNAB costs about the same as Ramsey Plus, but it's a true digital envelope system, so you can actually like you budget your month out as you should. You should know, hey, I got X amount of bills I have to pay and X amount of variable expenses that I think I know what's gonna cost me. You set all that up with your line items. Then when you get paid, when someone gets income, you have to fund those line items with real money in your bank account. So every time you spend something, it comes out of that line item. So let's just say you've had, you budgeted, I'll lowball here. Let's say you budgeted a hundred bucks for groceries for a week, which is too low, but for a lot of people. But let's say you did a hundred bucks for groceries that week and $150 in gas for that week and you blew your grocery line item. Well, it that software makes you fix it. So you got to take that money out of a different line item that's still funded. So you can take it from gas because you're like, I don't think we'll use all that gas money this week. So it, to, to me, it makes the most sense. It's been the most helpful for us because it, it really seems like, oh, that's how much it costs for groceries, like a real cost. That's how much eating out and all that really costs. So all that being said, it also allows me to see how much I'm giving real dollars to the church and missions. Um, and I keep those separate because I personally believe that the majority of our giving should go to the local church. So that's what I do. Um, but for just, just to be helpful here, like we picked up another missionary agency to give to this month. And that's not a huge amount. That's like a Netflix subscription amount. But since I have that budgeted, I can just plan to faithfully give that. I don't have to worry, like, when's that going to come out? I'm like, all right, when you get income, throw that amount in that missions line item, and you know you're good till it comes out. Um, so budgeting also will show you how much you're not being generous. <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me say that as well. Um, and I'll give a real-life example. Marianne, um, who runs our front desk here and many other things, she sent out the 2023 giving statement to individuals. I think digitally, if you did online. So she sent our family, like Corey and I's giving statement for 2023. And I did not like that number. I've, we should have given more. And Lord willing, we will in 2024. But sometimes budgeting helps you see like, oh, just being, I'm not being generous. So, all right, that's for me. If it's helpful for anyone else. Go for it. If you get YNAB, I will be happy to show you how it works. I'm, I'm all for it. They should give me a discount. Um, so three, we should care about the mission. Chris, what was the mission of Paul? Uh, Romans 15, 18 through 21. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to uh, Ilricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ, 
And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see and those who will never and those who have never heard will understand. Mm. Um, So Paul's mission uh, became centered around the spreading of the gospel message of Jesus Christ and um, establishing Christian communities. Hmm, sounds like our mission. Yeah. <laughs> Should be our mission. His unique role in that was he was planting churches in the cities, but still the same. Um, so how can East River Park stay focused on the mission? You shared Philippians 1, 7 through 11, I think yep. on that point. Um, says, it is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart for you are all partakers with me of grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is as excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So I'll put just some bullet points down here. Um, Be partakers of grace with the persecuted. Uh, Defend and confirm the gospel. Abound in love, knowledge, and discernment. Approve what is excellent and be filled with the fruit of righteousness. That's good. That's good. Sounds like we should keep our mind focused on the Bible. Yep. Yep. All right. Um... Main point. Main point. We must care for those that proclaim the gospel. That is week one. Week two is coming up. I think I like. I think I'm gonna like week two the best. It just hits more. It hit. I mean, it. It's more. It flows better in my mind. But that just means everyone would be like, "That was the worst one." So, all right. But we will go through verses eleven through thirteen. On Sunday, I believe. But that's week one. Let's end with this because we do this sporadically at times. So it's a new year. Any book recommendations for 2024? The Bible. The Bible. I, I, <laughs> I, in my heart of hearts, I swear, I thought you were going to say um, um, like the new Hunger Games book. <laughs> still haven't finished it. <laughs> I've literally seen the movie three times and I still haven't finished okay. the book. So I can't. Yeah. Okay. All right. So the Bible, anything else? No, we need to get you, all I we need to get you reading. <laughs> all right, Baker. Um, I've started reading The Disciplines of a Godly Man by R. Kent Hughes. Okay. I'm only in the second chapter, but so far it's a really good book. And it's got like five stars on wherever you look at. Yeah. Um, but a couple of like short books that would be good for people to pick up. Um the Passion of Jesus Christ by John Piper. It's 50 Reasons Why He Came to Die. I thought that was Mel Gibson. No. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> but like they're just like really, really short, like a couple of pages. I mean, yeah. if you know people don't have time to do a lot of reading. For sure. And then Living the Cross-Centered Life by C.J. Mahaney. It's also a smaller book. Okay. That would be a quick read for people. It's a good book. Ooh. That was my wallet. Speaking of money. Um... Sounds like we're paying you too much. No. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's find what's... Actually, I have cash in here. 
I am currently have eleven dollars, <laughs> which is shocking. That I usually have, the only reason I have cash is they make us pay cash to get into all these, all their kids' games mm-hmm. on yep. Sunday or on Saturdays. So, all right, here's mine. It's threefold. I'll, I'll continue to say it. This is not Bible related, and I tell people I I am adamant about this. I'm taking my preacher hat off. Brandon, any Brandon Sanderson book for if you are really into nerdy fiction, Brandon Sanderson. Is this the guy that you always you've been reading? Oh for yeah. The well, he's, he the writes Whisper series. Yeah, he no Mistborn. Mistborn. <laughs> yeah, he writes. Just he like he he just never stops writing. Okay. Um, he's fairly clean. I I found out a few weeks ago that he's I think he's Mormon. So don't read it to like get closer to God or anything. But the and I say that is like it's it's all pretty clean like fiction books. There's nothing there's not really any cussing or sex scenes or anything like that um, in it. So I will write two recommendations if you ever want to take me up on that. The Mistborn series is a good place to start. Or one standalone book that I just finished is called Elantris. And it was really it was a really good standalone Fiction book. All right, I'll leave it be. Um, oh, the rec- the actual recommendations. I might have mentioned this before. Bill Mounce's book, Why I Trust the Bible, um, is really good. I think every Christian in this church should read that book, um, especially if if you have access to social media and TikTok or anything. If you're on those at all, you should read Why I Should Trust the Bible or Why I Trust the Bible. Um, and then this is, I've not told you this yet. Um, I've changed my, my book reading format. So I've told everyone I, I read a fiction book, one fiction book and one nonfiction book. And here lately, every nonfiction book is like the worst. I feel like I'm just forcing <laughs> myself to read it because I started it and I just had this maybe prompting in the Holy Spirit. It was like, you should change this up. And like, if you care about knowing the Bible, why don't you just simplify things for a while and read a book about the book in the Bible? Mm-hmm. So my game plan now, I'm still going to read my nerdy fiction stuff, but I'm going to read one book about the book of the Bible and just go through it. So I'm starting with Genesis. Um, that's not matching my Bible reading. I do that daily. That's I'm, some, I'm in Isaiah now, but... Um, so Chelsea Colich is, she has told me about this book like 10 times and, um, it's A.W. Pink's book on Genesis, like gleanings from Genesis. And it was, I found a free digital copy. I got it. Online. I just downloaded that not yeah. that long ago. So I'm going to read the Genesis, that book. And then when I'm done, I'll find a book on Exodus that I think is interesting and read that. And then I'll just keep going and... Until I, I finish, I'll get to Revelation, and then I'll tell everyone if it was worth it or not. So, if anyone wants to join me, if you're not doing anything, that's a good place to start. It's an easy place to start. Start with me in Genesis. Um, and that book's free, by the way. If you're like, well, I don't have money. Like, well, one, get a library card. Or two, like, that one's free. Just Google it, and you can read it on any device. So, All right, the battery's about to die. Anyone want to pray? Sure. All right. Thanks, brother. (laughs) 
Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the time that we get to spend together doing this, uh, digging deeper into your word. And we just pray that the discussions we do have, Lord, will bring glory to you, uh, will enrich other people's lives and bring them closer to you as well. Uh, we just thank you and praise you for your salvation, uh, for, for your love and your grace and mercy. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, by the way, we we should say it. Jason Baker is podcast is a, he's an this is his first podcast as an official elder. Yep. So at this point, it's harder. It's it's a lot more difficult to remove him from his role as it was <laughs> last year. Now we got to go through the process and it gets messy, but he does a great job. So that's exciting. So we 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 did the ordination on it was Sunday. Sunday, yeah. All right. Well. We'll see you next week.